0: something that I've titled, What Are You Full Of? What are you full of? What are you full of? So this month, uh, like we all know in Bible study, we have been looking at um, the topic, increasing faith, increasing faith, increasing faith. And the Bible makes us to understand that those that know they are God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploit. Uh, but sometimes I find that, you know, when you talk about exploits, uh, it's kind of interpreted in different ways by different people. So exploit, what it may look like to you, uh, might look different a little bit to me. So, but exploit does not come on a platter, exploit comes with sacrifice. It is often accompanied by basket full of faith, sacrifice, a believing attitude, and a consecrated life. So in the days of the disciples, uh, they did a lot of exploit for the kingdom. And when we look at their lives, the trajectory of their lives, and we compare that to, you know, our own idea or interpretation of what an exploit is, we will certainly know that it did not come easy for them. It did not come easy for them. Some of them did so much exploit such that they, at the end of it, they lost their lives some were stoned some were burned some were beheaded somewhere they did exploit but it came at a cost so if i should ask you know one or two people what an exploit looks like to you you'll probably say you know if 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 it's a like pastor pastor you will say I would probably say oh you know I want God to build this congregation, I want God to show His power, you know, through signs, wonders. And, you know, when I lay my hands on people like never before, you know, things will begin to happen. That is exploit. Anointing of God, filling the the, 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 the company of the saints so much that things begin to happen, people on wheelchairs will begin to jump up, Right. When people hear that, they will say, wow, God is doing exploits in that church. God is doing something in that church. Uh, Just bringing it maybe a little bit to the secular, you know? Uh, You probably want to say, I want to write a book, right? I want to be able to write a book, maybe come up with an invention, you know? Maybe write a code, you know? An app, something that will launch me. That is an exploit. But when you look at all these things, uh, they, they will not come cheap, right? Every one of them is accompanied, must be accompanied by a level of sacrifice. A level of sacrifice. So uh, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, it is recorded and it is accounted to the heroes that were mentioned in that chapter of the scripture that they prevailed by faith. They all prevailed by faith. So we heard of, you know, Abel, Enoch, uh, Noah, Abraham, uh, Sarah was mentioned, Joseph, Moses, even Rahab. Rahab was mentioned, right? Rahab was mentioned. We know the story of Rahab. You know, she was an harlot, but she did exploit. Amen. So, When you look at the life of all these people, they had something in them. They were all full of something. When you read about their accounts in the Bible, the Bible in one way or the other will describe them as being full of something, you know, full of faith, full of goodness, full of strength, full of wisdom. So my question to us this morning is, What are you full of? What are you full of? So all these people that we read about today, by the grace of God, right, we are able to read about them and and, and they they are on 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 the tablet of history because of the things that they were able to accomplish through the mighty hands of the Almighty God so the question is what will be said of you and i and i will rephrase that what is being said of you what is god saying about you and when i was thinking of this i I, something just came to my mind you know when we are back home in nigeria um you know there is a popular saying when you are driving on the road and you are stopped they would ask you uh, waiting, you carry. That was something that just came, just, just, just humorously. Waiting, you carry. You know, we know those people that ask you such questions, right? Waiting, you carry. Can I see this? Waiting, you carry. So I'm asking us this morning: What are you carrying? What are you full of? God is always interested in our state. God is concerned about what we do and everything that happens to us. He is our father. He created us for a purpose. He created us in his image and after his likeness. So there is a purpose in there. God is interested in our state because he loves us. And we have have been saved, redeemed, and called are uh, not just to exist, but to use that which is inside of us for exploit. Hallelujah. So the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 45, Isaiah 45, verse 19, it says, I have not spoken a secret in a dark place of the earth, I said not unto the seed of Jacob, seek he me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. That is the Lord speaking there. So God has not called us to seek him in vain. The Bible tells us that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when we seek God, and we serve him. Everything that we do for him, it is never in vain. Amen. So I'm going to quickly just, the, the, there are a few people that really jumped at me um, just in the context of this, of this topic. What are you full of? What does the Bible say about certain people, right? And I want us, as we, as we listen to this and as we process this, Uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I want us to begin to look, search ourselves and look into our own lives and begin to ask those questions as well. What am I full of? What am I carrying? Who am I? What has God laid in my hands? What am I using it for? Am I using it at all? Am I using it to the full extent? what am i doing where am i where am i going where has god showed me that is taking me where am i going praise the name of jesus my first example here will be our lord jesus christ in the book of john john chapter 1 14 john chapter 1 14 he says, so the world became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Talking about Jesus. We know Jesus, we, we, can, we can begin to talk about Jesus from now till eternity. And we will, each of us will have different things to say about Jesus. Is it about his life? Is it about the things he's done in our lives? So is it about the things that we've read about in the scriptures? So there's a lot of things about Jesus that we can talk about. But this morning, I just want to focus on what the Bible says. Just this passage. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And it says, and we have seen his glory and the glory of the father's one and only son. So Jesus was full of unfailing love. And we can see that love demonstrated. When God says, who will I send? Who will go for us? Who will go to the world to redeem all these people that are just messing around who's gonna lay down his life and jesus jesus came the only begotten of the father unfailing love hallelujah he came and he brought us back to god he aligned us back to the father amen so jesus was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Another example that I have here is John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1. John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1, 15. And it says that when the angel appeared to Zachariah, John's father, he told him concerning the birth. And in verse 15, he says, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. So John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. With that, I, with that infilling of the Holy Ghost, in verse seven, verse seventeen, the Bible says that you know he will be the forerunner. That he, you know he, the forerunner of Christ Himself for the purpose of turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So John the Baptist had an assignment. He was full of the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. He was full of the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Jesus was full of unfailing love and and faithfulness. John the Baptist, full of the Holy Ghost, from his mother's womb. What are you full of? What are you full of? What am I full of? Stephen in Acts 7, Stephen in Acts 7, even in Acts 7. The Bible says that he is full of the Holy Spirit. And I think I want us to read that passage. Uh, Acts 7 54. Act
1: 7.54 to 60. Acts chapter 7,
0: verse 54 to 16. And it says, when they heard these things, they were caught to their heart, and they gnashed on him with their feet. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, talking about Stephen, looked up steadfastly, and this was when he was, he was being stoned. Remember what I said earlier? Doing exploit for God comes at a cost, at a cost a sacrifice. He was being stoned. And during that process, the Bible says, he looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. 57, then they cried out. <coughs> excuse, excuse me. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And as the 59 says, and as they stoned him, he called upon the Lord saying, Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. So even when he was being stoned, he still had the heart of compassion. At the point of death, when he should be cursing the people that were stoning him, he was praying for them. He was praying that God would not hold their sin against them. Stephen was not only full of the Holy Spirit, he was full of faith, He was full of compassion. So I ask again, what are you full of? In our world today, you know, we see people being filled with so many things. We come across people that are just angry. We come across people that are just proud. We come across people that are just so difficult. We come across diverse kinds of people. Amen. What are you full of? Another example that I have here is Thomas. And I'm sure for many of us, you know, um, when you hear the name Thomas, just from the little knowledge of the Bible, you know, we were told when we were little, there's something, there's something that, that comes to our heart. I'm sure, I'm sure we are it's all coming to our heart right now. I like Bagbo. <laughs> the unbeliever, Thomas the Doubter. And that's exactly how the Bible described him. He was an unbeliever. Even though he walked with Jesus, even though he served, he dined with Jesus, he was full of unbelief. In John 20, when Jesus appeared to the disciples after he he resurrected, someone was missing, and I'm sure you know who. After having walked with Jesus, After having dined with him, you were still full of unbelief. In verse John 20, verse 17 to 18. John 20, 17 to 18, Jesus told Mary Magdalene to go, just paraphrasing here, to go and inform his brethren. And she went and told the disciples, you know, when he resurrected. She went to the disciples to tell them what she had seen. Thomas was missing. In verse 19, of the same day, the Bible says, in the evening of the same day, Jesus appeared again to the disciples when they were congregated in one place. And he said to them, peace be upon you. Yet who was missing? Thomas. In verse 22, the scripture says that Jesus, Jesus said to the disciples, as my father has sent me, even I send you. And Jesus breathed. That's the word that is used in the version that I read. It says that Jesus breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. When all this was going on, Thomas was absent. What are you full of? Are you full of doubt? Are you full of unbelief? Are you always thinking things will not work out? My prayer is that we will not be at the wrong place at the right time and will not be at the right place at the wrong time. May we not miss a day of visitation in Jesus' name. Because Jesus appeared to the disciples and it was not an ordinary visitation. He blessed them. He showed himself to them. And the Bible says, he breathed upon them. Ha! He breathed upon them. Power. He released power upon them. Power for exploit. Grace for exploit because he knew what he was committing into their hands. He breathed upon them. Thomas was missing. Still talking about Thomas, I just found him very interesting. In verse 25 of the same chapter, when the other disciples told Thomas that they have seen the Lord, what was his response? He said, except I shall see his hands, And the print of nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. He was even so bold and so proud of his unbelief, of the state. He was so full of unbelief. Now, when we read about him, it's I don't know. People still name their children Thomas. Maybe because, maybe because of the way the name sounds. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> and again, the story did not end there. In verse 26 to 27, on the eighth day, the Bible says, Jesus returned to his disciples. He wanted to show Thomas the stuff he was made of. Because he knew what, even though he wasn't there when Thomas was, you know, showing his abilities and saying he there to see if he does not see, Jesus, all-knowing God, he came on the eighth day and he came to show himself to Thomas and gave him his hand. Touch me. You want to touch. You want to feel. There it is. But there was something profound in verse, 18, verse 28. In verse 28 something profound that jesus said to him because thou hast seen me thou hast believed but he said blessed but blessed are they that have not and yet believed he said to thomas because you have seen me right you want you wanted to fulfill your own right okay you have gratified your desire Now you have believed, but blessed are they. Blessed are the other disciples. Without even seeing me, they believed. They didn't need to touch my scars. They didn't need to touch the holes. They believed me. This is where Jesus wants us to be. Brethren, when we talk about faith, to have faith in him, to believe in his words. When he tells us this is it, we should lay claim to it, lay hold of it, and say because you have said it, I believe it, and it is true. The Bible tells us that the word of God, they are yea, they are amen. God will help us in Jesus' name. Thomas was full of unbelief. So brethren, don't be an unbeliever or a doubter like Thomas. Another person that I had here, which I also found very interesting is Barnabas. Barnabas. Barnabas is described as a good man, full of faith and the Holy Spirit. We talk about Apostle Paul today and all the exploit that Apostle Paul did. But we cannot talk about the exploit of Apostle Paul without mentioning Barnabas. Barnabas was so instrumental in the beginning of Paul's ministry. And when I read about the life of this man, I'm like, oh my God. The Bible described him as a nurturer. I'm just using my own words now, but just reading about the things that he did in the life of others. He was a nurturer. He was a leader. He was a mentor. He was devoted. He used all his means. He was not a poor man, but he used everything that he had for the purpose, of ministry, some call him the son of encouragement because he was such a person that that would pick up young, you know, young missionaries. He will see, see, he will see, he will see in them the light. He will see possibilities in them and open doors for them. He was the one that gave Paul his first ministry. There are people like that. And I hope that as you are listening to me, you are thinking about yourself. And What am I full of? Am I like Barnabas? Am I a nurturer? All of us can be nurturers. Praise the name of Jesus. All of us can be leaders. But am I a leader? Because if we are all leaders, who will be following? Some people have to follow. Praise the name of Jesus. But God has made us all mentors in one way or the other. Because we are the light of the world. People follow light. Nobody sees darkness and run into it. At least not people in their right state of mind. So we are the light of the world. So which means that people will follow us. So anything that we are doing, we have to have that consciousness that people are watching us. People are seeing me. People might copy what I'm doing. So what am I full of? What am I doing? Barnabas full of devotion. He recognized the, 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 the possibilities. He recognized, you know, things in the life of his mentees. And he gave them opportunities to shine. Ah! He gave them opportunities to shine. He was an effective leader. He gave so many of them their first break in ministry. Hallelujah. Because he believed in them, even though they were all inexperienced. Are you a Barnabas?
1: What are you full of? Barnabas was full of goodness and
0: the Holy Spirit. So I've been talking about male, male, male roles. Let's look at our ladies. Lydia, Sister Lydia in Acts chapter 16. Acts 16. Acts chapter 16. And I think I want us to read that. Uh, I still have some time, so let's read that. Acts Sixteen. Um. Okay, we are going to start from verse five, uh, and it says, "And so, where the church is established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now, when they had gone throughout uh, Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidding." of the Holy Ghost, talking about Paul and Silas, uh, to preach the word in Asia. After the were come to Mysia, they are said to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they, passing by Mysia, came down to Trios, verse 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed to him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he has seen the vision immediately, we, after, after he has seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, losing from trials, we came with a straight course to Samotracea, and the next day to Neapolis, verse 12, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony, and we were in that city abiding certain days, verse 13, and on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spoke unto the women which resorted theater. Verse 14, and a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God. So that's what the first identifier about Lydia. One, a seller of purple and a worshipper of God, the, whose heart the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. She attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul, which means she took care of them. She provided for them. Her heart was open. She was a generous woman. And above all, she was a God worshiper, someone who feared God. Someone who feared God. I will also describe her as a vision helper. Vision helper. She was a giver. A leader in her own right. The Bible made us understand that she was a business woman In those days where, where, you know, women are just often relegated. It's the men that are at the forefront. But this woman was fearless. She was fearless because she was in a position where women were not often found in those days. But she was at the forefront of ministry. She opened her heart. She opened her home for the mission. Hallelujah. She opened her heart. She opened her home. She was a God worshiper. She feared God. She was a giver. God will use what you have inside of you. This woman was already all this. She already had all these qualities. (laughs) When she now met with Jesus, hallelujah, that was when she began to do more. She was empowered to do more. She was already a giver. So what are you full of? What are you already full of? God wants to take what it is that you are full of. Right now, he wants to use it to do great things. Amen. Amen. So the last person that God will talk about here is Deborah. We know about Deborah. Selfless. She was courageous. She was an inspiration. When, you know, a lot of women group gather these days, you know, and they want to talk about role models. I'm sure Deborah will be one of them on the list. She was a prophetess. She was a judge, a female judge. Again, at the time when women were just women. But she was a leader
1: that led men to battle. Hmm. What are you full of?
0: This woman was so full of courage that an army general said to her, if you do not go with me, I will not go. I will only go if only you go with me.
1: What does that tell us?
0: So what are people seeing in your life? What are people seeing in my life? What are people saying about me? What are people saying about you? What is God
1: saying about you? What is God seeing in you? What are you doing right
0: now? And if God is looking at you and appraising you, what is he going to say? What are you full of? Deborah was full of inspiration. God called her to inspire
1: men to fight. She
0: was a woman full of the power of God. And I also found she was, she was shrewd. She was a really good strategist. Hallelujah. Because at the end of the day, she told Barra, she said, listen, you want me to go with you? If I go with you and win this battle, the honor will not be to belong to you. It will be said that the honor belonged to a woman. And he agreed. Mm. And he agreed. So it was, she was not only she was not only fearless, courageous, full of power. She was wise. She was a wise woman. To so be a judge, of course, you have to be. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And in in doing all this, Deborah never sought the limelight. That was something else that I picked from her life story. She did not seek limelight. Even though she was the spoke mouth of God, God was speaking through her. She did not put herself like in the front, saying, okay, it's me, I've heard from God. I have to be at the front. In being wise, in being courageous, she also knows her limitations. She understands the culture. She understands everything that is going on. So she put the men at the front. Hallelujah. And she supported. She inspired. What are you full of? So brethren... No matter what you are full of, you are still incomplete in your own self. Because to so function effectively as part of the body of Christ, we need each other. When we look at the life of each of these individuals, none of them operated on their own. They functioned in the context of one thing or the other. They function with a group of people.
1: They function in the context of
0: a situation or circumstance. And that was how they were able to accomplish and do exploits. So what are you full of? The seed of greatness is already in us. So whatever you are full of is the seed that you need to launch you into your exploit, your greatness, and your story. We are reading about all these people today just because they they were filled with something. They were filled with something that they yielded to God. They yielded to God. Barnabas was wealthy. He was wise. He had all the resources to support ministry. The same with Lydia. They yielded what they were full of to God. God took that and made it great. Today we read about them. Today we talk about them. Today we want to be like them. What are you full of? Proverbs 27:17, Proverbs 27:17 says, iron sharpens iron. And that a friend sharpens the countenance of one another. Friends sharpen the countenance of one another. Amen. In our world today, a lot of people are full of things. And you, you realize that most of the things I've talked about, you know, people I've talked about, there are people who are filled with good things, right? They are positive. Um, all positive, except for Thomas, in one way. And you might be thinking, oh, Sir Felicia, you don't know what I've, what I've gone through. And this morning, I, I woke up and I'm like, Oh, I, I just, Jabesh, Jabesh, Jabesh dropped on my spirit. And I'm like, wow. Okay, that's a different story, right? Some people will say, I'm, I'm just full of pain. You don't know what I've gone through. Well, what did Jabesh do with the pain that he was, he, he was carrying? What did he do with the pain? that he was carrying in first chronicles 4 chronicles 4 9 to 10 first chronicles 4 9 to 10 the bible says of jabesh that he was more honorable than his brother we all know what the meaning of his pain of his name is pain it means pain his that bore him in sorrow but he took that, he took that to God. And verse 10 says, and Jabesh called. Ah, okay. I have to go there. The screen, I'm not seeing it properly on the screen. So excuse me, I have to go there. So first chronicles. First chronicles four, nine to ten. And Jabesh was more honorable. Than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him with sorrow. And Jabez, verse 10, Jabez called on the God of Israel. So he took what he was full of sorrow, right? That was all he could see about himself. But he took that to God, to the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed and enlarge my post and that thine hand might be with me, and that thou would keep me from evil, uh, that it may not grieve me. And the Bible says that and God granted him that which he requested. God granted him that which he requested. So what are you full of? What am I full of? What am I doing with what I am full of? What have I done? Where am I at? What is my state? What is my estate?
1: Hallelujah. Where am I going?
0: What is going to be said of me? What is going to be written about me? How are my children going to describe me? How are they going to remember me? What will my impact be in the kingdom of God? In my own local assembly, what will my impact be? What is God calling me to do? what has it called me to do that i have yet to step into i hope we are all thinking and reflecting i hope we are allowing the spirit of god to just help us search our heart i hope we are holding on to the spirit of god the spirit of comfort to help us and if you are today you are in a place where like jabez you are like "Hmm, you don't know what it is you don't know what I have gone through you don't know what I am going through I beseech you take it
1: to God take it to
0: God let God take that whatever it is and let him use it for his glory in rounding up i just want us to look at this hymn that says all to jesus i surrender
1: all to jesus i surrender All to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give I will ever
0: love and trust him in his presence daily live The second verse says all to Jesus I surrender humbly at his feet I bow worldly pleasures all forsaking take me Jesus take me now I don't know if you want to make that
1: your prayer. I just want to ask Jesus. Everything that I am full of,
0: I lay it at your feet. My pains, my strength, my giftings, my worldly goods, my possession, everything that i have
1: i lay it at your feet use it use me for your glory use me for your glory in jesus mighty name amen